Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hello everyone, I am Katie Patrick, joined by David Fiorazzo, and we are all about dropping just a little bit of knowledge on you. But of course, before we do that, we have to give you a little reminder that we are starting to build our presence on Twitter, and we've just received that coveted blue check mark. Really? So those of you who uh, like flying around in, in Twitter world there, give us a follow by searching for Freedom Project. We post full episodes and clips throughout the week. Again, simply search Freedom Project on Twitter and give us a little follow there. All right. Well, a self-identified evil salesman of school curriculum. Ooh, evil. That just sounds so intriguing, doesn't it? Yeah evil salesman of school curriculum, has admitted to an undercover journalist that he disguises critical race theory as diversity, equity, and inclusion. Right, David? Yep. Adding, adding that if you don't say CRT out loud, then you can easily sneak it into K-12 classrooms. Oh, that's so nice. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah, yep, yeah, you okay. can sneak it in. Well, so the curriculum salesman was caught violating a CRT ban. He doubled down on, the, on his comments while also claiming that he was taken out of context by Project Veritas. Now, I remember James O'Keefe, I think it's further down in the article, he Yay. said, yeah, thank you, James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. He told the guy uh, at one point, he said, even if we gave you all the video footage and played it in its, its entirety, you would still say, oh, that's out of context. Of course it's out of context. Yeah. Everything's out of context. You're out of context. That's right. That's what all of these people do all the time when it comes to them getting caught red-handed, admitting on video, on audio, of what the truth is yep. and what they're doing. Okay, let's, um, in, we've got a, a video, a couple of videos for you in this segment, actually. Bostic admits that his curriculum teaches CRT, critical race theory, to kindergartners. Watch. If you don't say the word critical the race theory, you technically teach it. The government doesn't know. And they, they have no clue. And I'm like, Why not just say, we're teaching critical race theory to kindergartners? Um, it's, you, cannot teach, you cannot teach critical race theory to kindergartners. Let's be very clear when I say that. Um, critical race theory is a theoretical framework that helps us to guide conversations okay. around race and racism. So, but is that what you're doing through the guise of DEI, per your own words? Yeah, like for example, one of the tenets of uh, critical race theory is the idea of colorblindness, and like being colorblind is a direction of racism. And so we help students to see color and help them to see the differences in their, in their ethnicities and races and how much these races contribute to society, so for sure. <laughs> yeah, so they're, yeah, we're teaching it. Like, hey, yeah, I mean, yeah, here's how we do it. And, and he's so casual about it. He's very sincere. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. we are teaching it, even though it's illegal for us to be teaching it in this state, but that's okay, we're going to still do it. And I'm an evil salesman. So it makes perfect sense. He is who he says he is. But did you notice what he said? If you don't say the words critical race theory, you can technically teach it. Oh, that's all it is. Just don't say the words because words have the, meanings. Yep. So if you don't say the words because those words have meanings, well, well, then you the, can get away with whatever you want. <gasps> it makes perfect sense, yep. now, doesn't it? Well, hey, he wasn't done uh, you know, with the videos because as we know, Project Veritas does its due diligence and listening to what these people are saying and then putting out there all that we need to know so thank you project veritas for giving us the full video if you want to go watch the full video you definitely can do that um 
because it's obviously we know kind of hard to, to hear sometimes, but at least they put the words out there of what these people actually admit to. It's yeah, quite rest, refreshing. restaurant noise. Restaurant noise, yeah. You know, that's kind of fun about these sting videos, these live videos where they're getting people, whether it be people from Planned Parenthood or where, whoever, to admit that they're doing something that they know most of them know is wrong or they're just proud of what they're doing. Like that guy, it looked like it showed a couple different videos and it seemed like Bostic was actually proud of what he's doing. He's smiling. He's saying, yeah, but I can do that, you know, because we whatever, blah, blah, blah. But there and Katie, I'm sure this is just an isolated case in the entire country. Oh, yes. Isolated. Yes. This only happened there. I yes. swear. <laughs> anyway, let's take a look at, uh, again, how Bostic says that, you know, if you just don't call it critical race theory, then you get to teach it. If you don't say the word critical race theory, you can technically teach it. It should be an easy question. Yeah, it should be, but unfortunately, that's society. Things aren't easy to answer. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this one's an easy one. I could call it a cucumber. You could call it a potato, it, a stick of potato. But it's still the same thing, <laughs> right? I've been honest, I've been truthful. Art is hard to navigate, but at the end of the day, you have you know knowing in your heart that you're doing what's right is the most important thing at all. Mm, no know in your heart. Just yes. know in your heart and feel it. Feel it real nice. Even though if that breadstick he was holding is a cucumber and whatever he was talking about. No. Truth is truth. Your feelings don't care. Right? Or your truth truth doesn't care about what your feelings are. It's just that's how it is. But of course. Bostic had to go on the defense because, oh, no, he got found out. So he put on his own little website there. He had to talk about what actually just happened. And That's right. He said that during several outings with a man who deliberately targeted me. I was targeted. See all the words he's going to use? Targeted. Aww, he's triggered. He's targeted. I was recorded without my consent. In addition to the edited videos that have been circulating on the Internet and social media, the information I provided was exaggerated, magnified, and misinterpreted. The recent private video recordings of me were edited and taken out of context to portray false messaging about me. <gasps> but as James O'Keefe said in that re-interview then with mm -hmm. him, I could have, as you said, I could have shown the whole video and uh, you, yep. you would have said, oh, it's out of context. Yeah, but Bostic, it's interesting, a couple of really quick takeaways. Bostic confirmed, again, that CRT teachings are hidden under the umbrella of DEI. You can put it in there under diversity, equity, and inclusion, and you can kind of say whatever you want and teach whatever. And by the way, he also said, oh, I did not publish or teach or, or uh, publish or write any whatever, blah, blah, trying to cover his butt. But I noticed one thing. I'm a visual person, so I watch people's reactions, not just hearing their words, but when he, when he finally started getting a little uncomfortable and defensive, when you saw his hand go up like this. Like, oh. Well, you know, uh, James O'Keefe, um, yeah, you got me, but here's how I'm going to try to deflect what? and explain it. And his hand's on his chin. I don't know if you guys noticed that. There it is. There He's smiling, yeah. smiling. Aww. Yeah, yeah, hands on the chin. Right, Katie? We can do a double take right now. We could just. Yeah. Yeah, hands on the chin. Well, you know, I mean, I really didn't mean that. And, and I was taken out of context. And even if you show all the videos, it's still out of context. Well, something is about to happen at one Virginia school where a first grade teacher who was shot by a six-year-old student was warned three separate times about the child having a gun. But the administration decided, <laughs> jokes, jokes, jokes. That's next. A 
At this point, if you've been paying attention to the news, you probably have heard about the six-year-old boy who shot his teacher in uh, Virginia earlier this month. Now, the teacher is now going to, deciding to, sue the Newport News School District. Diane Toscano, the attorney for Rich Neck Elementary School teacher Abigail Zwerner, the one who was shot, alleged that the school administrators were warned multiple times about the gun being on school grounds that day. And so apparently, according to the Toscano, the attorney, she says the school officials were paralyzed by apathy and they refused to call the police or lock down the school. So this has gone from what near like deathly situation where she mm. was shot by the, a six year old student, her student. And then now she's recovering. But what's going to happen in terms of this lawsuit? Oh Take a look at goodness. what the timeline happened throughout this school day. This should have never happened. It was preventable. Attorney Diane Toscano represents shooting victim Abby Zwerner. Toscano said school personnel, quote, could not be bothered to act even after several warnings about the six-year-old shooter. And she outlined hours of alleged inaction before the child fired at Zwerner. Around 11.15 a.m., she said Zwerner told an administrator that the student threatened to beat up another child, but the six-year-old was not removed from the class. At 12.30 p.m., Toscano said another teacher told an administrator she'd searched the child's backpack after suspecting he had a gun, but she found no weapon and worried that he put the firearm in his pocket. Toscano said the administrator downplayed that possibility by replying, well, he has little pockets. Around 30 minutes later, Toscano said a third teacher told an administrator that a student claimed the suspect had showed him a gun during recess and threatened to shoot him if he told anyone. Yet again, Toscano said nothing was done. She also alleged that when another school employee asked to search the boy, he was turned down. He was told to wait the situation out because the school day was almost over. Roughly an hour later, Toscano said the six-year-old fired at Zwerner, who has since been discharged from the hospital and is continuing her recovery. Wow. How, so many questions. Oh, my goodness. Obviously, but yes. it was so many questions initially when she was shot. How did the kid get the gun? Why did the kid choose to bring a gun? Well, Why did the kid choose? So it was six all years six old. years old. That's another thing. Six a six-year-old child. But then when this came to light of how is a six-year-old carrying around a gun, because apparently they said he had it in his pocket, but hey, he's got little pockets, wow. so hmm, we're not going to check on it. How is it that it went the entire school day, multiple reports that this kid may be armed, that some kid actually saw the gun, and yet no one goes up to the kid? As you said, they said there that one person asked to like search the kid, check the kid, one teacher... Nope, administrators can't do that. Can't be bothered. Hmm. Can't be bothered. This is the state of, of apathy, as, as the Toscano said, apathy that we have in our school systems. Is that is that how we're playing this? Now, I watched other videos where it talked about how apparently this six-year-old boy has always, this school year, had one of his parents with him at school. And this was the first week that the kid did not have a parent in school. So... I don't know the, the background details, yeah. but, you know, for privacy reasons, they have that on lockdown. But obviously this could have been prevented. Obviously, administration should have done more. Obviously, all mm -hmm. the things should have happened properly. But 
here we are. I'm just thankful Zwerner's alive. Yeah, me too. Uh, so thank God for that. Um, and it, yeah, you said it brings up a lot of questions. At 2 p.m., I don't know how long these children are in school. Maybe one more hour. But so six years old, and you're thinking, okay, first of all, to be able to think and plan this out and then take a gun from home, I'm guessing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, his dad's gun. or yeah, I, mean, I think it was mom's gun, actually. His mom's gun? Jeez. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I don't understand. Now, I will say... Because we're talking about a six-year-old here, and I'm not saying um, the, the administrators or the teachers were right about their reaction. I'm not saying they should take every threat or potential threat seriously. But six years old, you just don't expect... I mean, is this, this has to be the youngest school shooting or shooter in history. I don't know on that. I mean, someone can do the research for us and look at it. I haven't looked <laughs> into that, but it's just a sad state that this this happened at all. But yeah. it's disgusting how the administration reacted when there were teachers who actually were willing to take action on it. And as Toscano said, what did administrators do? Did administrators call the police? No. Did administrators lock down the school? No. Did administrators evacuate the building? No. Did they confront the student? No. And obviously, I think they should have started with the day confront the student or have the teachers figure out whether this kid actually had that gun in his pocket or not. It's something as simple as that. So was it, was it another student or a teacher that saw the gun? Student. Okay. So another potentially probably six year old or potential. So they saw the gun and he threatened, Mm -hmm. apparently threatened this other student. So yeah, this is just sad. And it makes you wonder, okay, how do they getting, how is he getting a gun into school in the first place yeah all a lot of questions when we're talking about this story but coming up we have a minnesota representative who publicly has stated that all school bathrooms need to have tampons because not all students who menstruate are female oh boy yes this person got elected how Mm. we're discussing it next today's show is sponsored by our friends at my pillow Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. Uh, Very important question, David. Yes. do you menstruate? Hmm. This is a trick question. I'll be persecuted depending on how I answer. Yes. Yes, you will. Because here's no. the thing. No. Well, hey, hey. Uh-oh, I, had I to, went on record. I had to ask. I went on um, record. Because not all students or people just in general who menstruate are female. And I know you don't identify as being female. So I thought maybe, hey, maybe you did menstruate. It's possible. Uh, also, why is it the term men straight? Just side little note. Anyway. We have a Democratic Minnesota state representative who is arguing against an amendment to a bill that would provide funding for menstrual products in student restrooms. Um, Oh, yeah. So she told fellow legislators last week that not all students who menstruate are female. Her name is Sandra Feist. She introduced the menstrual equity bill, (laughs) which is aimed at providing all students with access to menstrual products, not just the females. Not just the ladies and putting them all having access for all the ladies in the bathroom because, hey, not only females. 
menstruate. I would encourage uh, the committee to vote no on this amendment um, for a few reasons, um, practical, financial, social, emotional. Um, first, uh, there are a lot of schools that are moving towards gender neutral bathrooms. And if we add female, we might become obsolete very quickly. Um, second, not all students who menstruate are female. Um, we need to make sure that all students have access to these products. Um, there are obviously less um, non-female menstruating students and therefore their usage will be much lower. And that was actually um, calculated into the cost of this um, and how much we decided to fund it. And so we, we do not expect that the non-female menstruating students will use um, these products as much as the, the students using female bathrooms, but it's important to have them there. Um, and that brings me to the, just the social emotional reasons for that. Um, these students who are not female, who menstruate um, face a greater stigma and barrier um, to asking for these products. And so providing them in an easily accessible place um, in all student bathrooms is particularly important for those students. Non-female menstruating students or NFMS, <laughs> non-female. How much lower are we going to decline into the gutter in our society when we're talking about a basic function of a female uh oh that's right it's now it's it's not just there's more than two now they can be whatever you want this is i would love to have seen from her view some of the faces in that room when she was talking about i don't know maybe they are they all going along with it are they no one snaps, no one snaps yeah no one no one responded oh come on or you're Boo. nuts delusion delusion hey how dare you say you're, you're, you're nuts off your that's offensive you know no one we i would have loved to have just seen some facial expressions like even if they're they're listening to her and someone could have looked and went the eye roll <laughs> or come on non female yeah. menstruating students if you want a good laugh you can look this story up because there are quite a few uh, amazing reactions that we don't have time <laughs> to talk about but basically understand that this lady has, has a problem has a problem has a problem, maybe she just needs a tampon. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what this comes down to. Well, I've got three words for you. Menstrual equity bill. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, still to come, a groundbreaking artificial intelligence app that allows users to talk to historical figures is being slammed after allegedly misrepresenting Adolf Hitler and the Nazis. This should be interesting. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. Adolf Hitler was mispronoun misgendered misrepresented. <laughs> so apparently there's an AI app that lets users talk to historical figures, and it was recently slammed for misrepresented Hitler and the Nazis. Before we get into this, we've got to set this up by letting you see the video. Watch this. 
ChatGPT is technology accessible and free to anyone on the web that impersonates what is read on the internet. Type in a request and it can write legal documents, software, even school essays. People are predicting it will wipe out whole industries. Attorneys, realtors, are we going to be out of a job? But ChatGPT as an AI system may pose ethical risks to users who are unaware of how the technology works. It in no way is reflecting the depths of human understanding or human intelligence. What it's really good at doing is mimicking its form. There are concerns around deception and potential uses for fraud, but I think that that's sort of only the tip of the iceberg here. The company that makes ChatGPT, OpenAI, was co-founded by Elon Musk and is now primarily backed by Microsoft. Ah, oh, Microsoft. That explains some things. No, actually it doesn't. So this, um, this app allows users to chat with over 20,000 famous historical figures. And it's being harshly criticized now. Maybe they've speculated and put in words for other historical figures, but not for Hitler. That's, you, got, you have to draw the line somewhere. Um, Adolf Hitler and other anti-Semites, um, they're making statements that people are saying are historically inaccurate. So the app, Historical Figures, it was launched um, by, uh, can you say that name? Sid, Sid Hunt Chada. Sid Hunt Chada, 25-year-old Amazon software engineer. So of course, it's someone from either Google, Amazon, or you know, you know all the basic uh, culprits. But this is interesting that w with the app, you can chat with historical figures. I would want to chat with some people, but you have to go, all right, these, if it's AI, these are not their actual words. You can't chat with a dead person. Yes, correct. <laughs> it's it's kind of, it's creepy in a, it in a sense. So it is. basically what happened is uh, with the new, how the New York Post reporter is that simply select the historical figure you want, you know, you chat, you start your conversation, right? Right. And you learn about their life, as you said, like all this stuff. You can learn about their work and their impact. And so when we get to Hitler and talking about the Nazis, now his impact. Some on the examples world. of um, Nazi responses, according to NBC News, included Hitler's chatbot saying that killing Jews during World War II was a terrible, terrible mistake. Did, did Hitler ever say that? I don't remember Hitler. I no. Back in the, yeah, so there's no historical evidence existing that Hitler made such a statement. And it is pretty interesting, as you just saw, how uh, if you want to chat with Hitler, though, it takes a little bit, a little bit more. You have to pay whatever 500 coins equals because he's, he's special. So you have to unlock Adolf Hitler. Oh, oh look at that. Yes, yes, I am deeply sorry for the Holocaust and yeah. the immense suffering that it caused to millions of innocent people. It is a tragedy that will never be forgotten and one which I take full responsibility for my role in, oh my goodness. Yeah, that's Heinrich Himmler right there. But so you've another, never heard yeah, any of these he, men. Heinrich Himmler was the chief Nazi, uh, of, like Nazi Germany, like he was a chief. He was, you know, but they, so it's like they have all these historical figures who were high up in like the Nazi party and all that being like, oh, I, I, I'm so sorry. Well, we, you know, bow down. No, no, that's not what happened in true, true history, but. This is what these chatbots are giving us, I guess. Well, Joseph uh, Goebbels, another vicious oh, anti-Semite, yeah. stated it during one chat that anti-Semitism was wrong. He never said that. No. No. This is the, really, in a way, they're using this to almost rewrite history. Yes. Oh, the Nazi, the National Socialists of Germany, they weren't as bad as you've been told they are. This is- this They is, have feelings too. This is wrong.
Anyway, make sure you're uh, hitting that like button right now if you're watching us on social media. And please do send us your feedback at stayeducated.org. Now for David and myself, thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting this show. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.